0: Well, what I was Go going ahead. to do, uh, Dan, would be to, uh, to quiz you a little bit on the methods and the findings okay. from the 2007 paper and, and the more recent 2010 one that, that both relate to global warming or climate change. We,
1: we have a, a paper, a study on um, perceptions. How, how, how might uh, 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 cultural cognition um, influence uh, perceptions of scientific consensus? Um, I mean, that th- this is often um, something that, that people remark on. Um, how can it be um, that the people who disagree with me um, on uh, this issue, climate change or what have you, are ignoring scientific consensus? Um, and, you know, I, our hypothesis was that, uh, well, maybe people aren't really ignoring scientific consensus. Um, scientific consensus is, is, is a fact um, that you have to... to collect evidence on or accept the words of others about, just like any other kind of fact, um, in the process of, of forming impressions of scientific consensus, then your your beliefs are going to be influenced by your values in exactly the same way um, as, as any other kind of, of uh, uh, belief that you might form. Um, so what we did was an experiment um, where uh, we uh, well, well, there were two parts to it, actually. One, one, one part was a correlational part where we just uh, took a large sample of people um, and after we uh, 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 measured their values um, and, and, and characterized them in the way that our scheme says, uh, we asked them what their positions were or what, what they believed uh, most scientists thought about a variety of issues. Um, the, I- the issues included... Uh, climate change, you know. So it, 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 is, is global warming happening? Is it being caused by humans? That was one issue. Um, another issue um, was whether uh, the, the deposit of nuclear waste in deep geologic isolation um, was something um, that would that could be done safely and effectively. Um, and then there was another one about whether uh, permitting private citizens to carry um, concealed weapons in public. Um, increases crime or maybe even decreases it because it actually discourages um, uh, violent people from engaging in predation. Um, Now we pick these issues because in fact um, the National Academy of Sciences has issued uh, 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 expert consensus reports, they call them, um, on all of these issues. Um, But we also knew that these were issues based on previous studies on which people who have different values um, tend to have different beliefs. Um, People who have uh, relatively uh, uh, hierarchical values and individualistic values, they tend to be rather skeptical uh, about claims of environmental risk. The reason is that they perceive that the widespread acceptance of those claims would justify restricting commerce and industry. And those are activities that are important to them culturally uh, and otherwise. So they have some, some motivation to, to resist that. People who are more egalitarian and communitarian on the other hand, they tend to be morally suspicious of commerce and industry. They see those as sources of unjust social disparity right, or, or as kind of outlets for, for untoward self-seeking and, and in previous studies, we've observed correlations and we've done experimental work to show that people with those kinds of views are gonna form risk perceptions on climate change um, that are consistent with those predispositions. Now we then ask people, well, what are your perceptions of what most scientists believe? And of course, most egalitarian communitarians, they believe that, that there was overwhelming consensus among scientists that climate change is happening and that humans are causing it. That was something that the the people who had hierarchical and individualistic views were were much more ambivalent about. They they didn't think that a majority of scientists believe that. I mean, the idea is that people, nobody is saying, screw scientific consensus. People are saying that, well what i believe is consistent with scientific consensus but they're forming different views of that that are consistent with their their values now the second part of the study was an experimental one where we tried to show a mechanism for this and and here what we did was we uh, we asked the subjects um, to uh, tell us whether they thought that a a fictional uh, scientific expert uh, somebody who was described as having uh, very uh, 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 respectable credentials, trained at an Ivy League university with a Ph.D. in the relevant subject matter, um, on the faculty of an elite university, many publications and so forth, member of the National Academy of Sciences, (laughs) was an expert on the issue, either climate change, uh, nuclear power, waste disposal, um, or gun control. But what we did was, uh, in, in addition to showing them the, the CVs of these people, we would show them an excerpt, a sh- short excerpt from the book. And here we could experimentally alter, m- manipulate, as they say, the, the conclusion that we pr- attributed to the person. Sometimes th- that person would say high risk, sometimes low risk. Right? And we formed the hypothesis that when the expert, well, that, 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 that the perception of the subjects that the pictured author was an expert would be conditional on the fit between the position the author was taking and the subject's own cultural predisposition. And we found that that was overwhelmingly true. Right? so what happens is that, that people, they're, they're, they're much more likely when they observe putative experts making claims about these issues to actually credit the person as being an expert when that person takes a position consistent with their own cultural predispositions than when they're not. And if that if, if, if that happens systematically, well then you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna end up with systematic differences across people with different values on on what most scientists believe. Right? They'll, they'll kind of do a little mental survey. I I say to you, what do you believe about climate change? You're you're not some you're, you're not a Luddite. You, you, you kind of call up a, a, a mental image of, of all the scientists you've known who've taken a position on this issue, and, and you count how many on one side and how many on the other. Magically, they're all on, on one side, the side that, that fits your predisposition. Well, the reason is you've you've excluded the ones who took the other position from your sample, right? Not consciously, but because of, of this dynamic of cultural cognition. that will rele- That will lead, I mean, even in a society where people have a lot of confidence and trust and and agree we should be basing policy on good science to persistent cultural conflict on issues that are amenable to scientific investigation. Um, And just one last point about this, we pick those issues out because we think um, that there's a tendency, um, no matter what people's cultural predispositions are, to think that the people who disagree with them are just somehow against science or oblivious to what scientists are saying. This study shows that this is a ubiquitous phenomenon. It happens to everybody. So everybody ought to see that that's a problem. Um, everybody ought to, ought to have a common interest in resolving it. Um, and maybe everybody ought to stop kind of the, the kind of uh, recrimination, um, accusations about kind of stupidity and lack of reason Um, that oftentimes get involved in these debates, and that makes it a lot harder.
0: Sure, it does. It's interesting. I I was talking to a room full of climate scientists, primarily, and they said, you know, those science skeptics just don't understand the science. Uh, They just aren't smart enough to understand, and so therefore, they listen to know-nothings like Rush Limbaugh, and they get their opinions from him, right? Mm -hmm. So I think you just already answered um, that question in your last paragraph. Anything else you want to say about it, though?
1: Well, you know, they're right that people aren't smart enough to understand it, but the people who agree with them about, the, about their finding on climate change, they're also not smart enough to, to understand it. Al Gore is not smart enough to understand it. Al Gore had, did not go to the North Pole and stick a, a, a thermometer in the ice. If he had, somebody would have had to tell him what that meant. Al Gore, like the very people who disagree with him, is thinking is coming to his opinions in the same way by by following the, the 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 processes he's familiar with for identifying who he can believe about what and there's no choice we have to do this now here's the point there's nothing wrong with that we're extremely good as a species we're we're all experts at being able to 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 familiarize ourselves with and have a facility in applying the kinds of techniques and heuristics, cues that we use to know who knows what they're talking about and who can be relied on, right? So that, that works really well. If it didn't, we'd all be dead, you know, and it works so well, we're able to accumulate vast stores of knowledge and build it up over time, because nobody can start from the ground up, you know, level and build up. The problem is, what happens when the necessary diversity of of systems that we're using to do that, all of which tend to work, for whatever reason, start to work at cross-purposes? How does that happen and what can you do about it? But to say that the other side is stupid, that turns out to be one of the things you shouldn't do about it. And this is really a basic mechanism, that, that people react in a dismissive way if they associate a certain kind of factual claim with an implicit threat on their identity. I, tr- I know what I know because I know whom to trust. If you tell me I'm wrong, you're telling me the people I respect are stupid. Now, and if you say that directly, you know, you, write a, you say, well, your side is devoid of reason, then actually the, the, the consequence of my assent or others' assent to that, that position is a, is a really kind of humiliating defeat. That's not something that you want to happen. You know, it, it's not good, it's not nice, it's not civil, but it's also just completely corrosive of creating a climate where the, the best science is going to, to make itself felt. We're very interested in, in trying to promote a sense of humility. Um, and We all have beliefs about these things, but we're not trying to convince people about our beliefs. But we do actually want to convince a lot of people, probably ones who agree with us on a lot of issues, um, that they're making a misdiagnosis of what what the problem is, uh, and there is a problem, that this gap between what we know and how much it affects our policy. They're making a mistake about that. It isn't that the other guys are anti-science. It isn't that they're stupid. It's that that, that we've come to a misadventure, a, a bad situation where the, Diverse citizens who rely on diverse systems of cultural certification are, are in conflict. Um, and that's not inevitable, and that's something that, that science communication can help, help scientists avoid.
0: So let me see if I can make a gross overview of the current state of, uh, of um, particularly uh, climate communication science, you know, the research like the Six America study, I hope you're familiar with it, you know, yep. um, and others which segment the public, um, seem to f- then focus on crafting messages that speak to v- values in some general sense. Uh, there seems to be a, a great deal of attention being given to adroit messaging, you mm-hmm. uh, And so I think you've already talked about why that would be. Are there any downsides to that approach to focusing on messaging? Uh, You know, a downside. How about the idea that,
1: you know, if we just try to sell people, you know, on things and kind of make this into a species of advertising? um, I think that that that, that does debase debate, but it also has extreme risk associated with it. I keep wanting to mention the HPV uh, vaccine debate. Um, I mean, we predicted we had certain predictions about uh, which kinds of groups would have a certain kind of predisposition on these issues, uh, that it would in fact affect how they they reacted to information on one side or the other of the debate when they saw it, but also then that that people would be very sensitive to what they perceived the moral values of people giving them information on the question um, were, that and that turned out to be a much a, a much more consequential uh, uh, factor. You know, that, 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 that kind of cue, you know, who's saying this mattered a lot more. And when people believed it was a kind of, oh, that side versus this side, they polarized. Um, now, <laughs> gee, that, that's not that hard to figure out. And uh, Merck, uh, the, the manufacturer of the HPV vaccine, what they did was was uh, they got the governor of Texas, Governor Perry, to issue the executive order um, that made would have made Texas the first and only state to uh, mandate the HPV vaccine for schoolgirls, as the CDC uh, was recommending. He's a conservative. Uh, uh, traditionalist, uh, what we would call a hierarchical individualist um, and they're right that those are the people who are going to be most skeptical about the benefits and most concerned about the risks. Now gee, you know they, if, if he's for it, maybe that means it's okay. you know would be the, well, when it came out that Merck had given him campaign contributions, right not only did that alienate the people they were trying to persuade, it made what we call the egalitarian communitarians suspicious too. Aha, corporations are trying to corrupt democracy. That's one of the concerns that they have. So there's a problem. If you try to, you know, you cannot orchestrate things very effectively. You can make a, you, you you vitiate trust. Um, the better way to do it is to, to say, well, given that uh, people of all, these, all cultural persuasions would recognize. Um, that this is a, a, a kind of dilemma that, that, that they can all face. What kinds of things would they agree, if they weren't talking about any issue in particular, um, should be done to structure deliberations and the provision of information, to minimize that, to, to make it as as likely as possible that everybody will give considered attention to, to good information. Um, Messaging framing is part of that, right? And I think messaging framing in the in the service of that um, is a sensible thing and also a moral thing. Does it have a downside? I mean, one downside is that um, the, the the this is a pragmatic uh, uh, area and a developing area of science. You know, we might make a mistake. Um, But a a downside, too, of of manipulation is there, and that should be resisted.
0: You know, one of the previous interviewees, uh, it was Baruch Fischoff, spoke at at some length about his uh, model of risk communication. Um, He and Granger Morgan and others, you know, have have a book on that and so on, which is pretty much the opposite uh, of the sort of uh, persuasive communication uh, model that we've been just talking about, you know. In fact, Brook calls it um, non-persuasive communication, and, and I think by, by that he generally means that, um, you know, the communication is sort of focused on the user, uh, and, uh, and and uh, takes into account particularly that person's uh, behavioral needs and constraints, uh, and also focuses on the decisions that they need to make that they need and want to make. Um, so, uh, in an opinion piece I, I, I read of yours uh, from earlier this year uh, in, in Nature, um, your last paragraph included the phrase, we need a theory of risk communication that takes full account of the effects of culture on decision making. Uh, I don't know how familiar you are with, you know, with the um, model of risk communication and decision making that I was just laying out for you, mm-hmm. uh, but in any case. Uh, How would you uh, integrate into decision-making uh, taking the full account of the effects of, of culture? What would you do?
1: Well, The, the goal is to, to try to create a climate in which uh, people of diverse outlooks are most likely to recognize and attend in an open-minded way to information. So they, at that point, they can make a decision based on their values. And uh, there are a number of important things to do. Um, one uh, is to present the information in a way, if you can, um, that emphasizes uh, consequences, um, uh, uh, implications of the information that are congenial to consistent with people's values and not only ones that are threatening to them. The reason that certain that, that individualists are skeptical about environmental risks is that it seems to entail that you're going to have to restrict markets and commerce and private ordering. That's something that they they care about well, if it turns out that uh, in a, that, that restrictions aren't the only thing you're gonna be doing that you also have to have innovation. you also have to have employ private orderings to to surmount the problems, you better make sure that that gets prominent consideration if it when people understand I mean we've done a, a study like this when we, when you when when people when individualists are told that nuclear power is a solution, they're much more open-minded to facts, the kinds of facts that are in the intergovernmental um, report about climate change, than when they're told only only uh, emissions. This is true. It's not going to be enough to control emissions. We're going to have to rely on all of our ingenuity, and we're also going to have to avail ourselves of, of all of the energy and, and private orderings and markets to come up with technical solutions to this problem. It's not something new. You know, go back to cholera. We used to think that cities could only be of a certain density before people would, would, would well, you know, literally were dying on their own waste products. But we figured out how to, to fix that. Here we, we need to do it again. And it's a story that shows that the common attention to this problem, far from being hostile, to a a vision about what makes human beings excellent and societies excellent um, is going to have to embrace it. So it's wrong to to leave that out, and some people, I think, leave it out on purpose. Now, another thing to do is uh, use communicators who are culturally diverse. In our HPV study, we showed that when people see that the message, uh, that, 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 that the risk position they're inclined to to accept as being advanced by the person whose values they share and the one they're inclined to reject is coming from the person whose values seem alien to them, that's when you get maximum polarization. That happens all too often and it doesn't need to. It's not the case that on climate change. There isn't a, a broad array of people of diverse values who can make the claim effectively. Don't brand it. right? and certainly then don't present the information in a way that makes acceptance of it tantamount to acknowledgment that there's some kind of incompetence in a group now you might say well this is obvious but you know as my grandmother would say if you're so smart why aren't you rich <laughs> look at we've not been doing this we've been doing almost the opposite and finally the, 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 this is very important narrative um, people, people process information Um, in a narrative way they they try to understand if they they can not understand it narratively they can't understand it but what they try to do is to say well who are the good guys who are the bad guys here what are they fighting about what's the lesson of the story and they draw their conclusions uh, accordingly. Well it turns out uh, that, that there are different kinds of narrative templates across the different cultural types you can embed the same information in a narrative that is congenial to, to a type that otherwise might be closed-minded about it, and make it easier for that person to be receptive to it. Right? These are techniques that are emerging um, and that, that need to be pursued. They, they should be pursued, certainly in climate change, um, and, and I hope that they'll make a difference there. We will get through climate change as a problem, and, and then we're going to have more of these issues. We're going to have these issues on synthetic biology, on nanotechnology, there are things that ought to be thought about at the very outset so that you don't find yourself in the position of trying to, to fix the, the to, to, to uncross the, the, the entangled lines of cultural certification that people use. Make sure they don't get that way in the first place because they tend to work and people will then tend to converge on the best science.